0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So yesterday morning's teachings on karma are an important aspect of Buddhism and to appreciate that all our actions have consequences and to be careful of what we do and to do the things that are health-producing, that are wholesome and helpful, supportive, that move us towards freedom, and to avoid those to do the opposite. So this is an important teaching, but it can be heard as if now we have to get to work. Like this is a lot of work now. Every single action I have to track and monitor and, and think about and try to do it just the right way. And so it uh, can be taken as a teaching that uh, you have to kind of work. And it, sometimes it can be, even be exhausting just to hear this kind of teaching because it just, if the implication is uh, a lot of working. And sometimes Vipassana, insight meditation practice in general, when it's taught, might lend itself to the idea that um, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of instructions and and you can now hear, hear all the instructions and you can ask yourself, what what do I do now and do I do this and that now and now, now there's a lot of emotions, and what am I supposed to do? Am supposed to, you know, go through the list of the different uh, raft or rain or whatever it might be, and and it can be done just uh, keeping or end up being busy, but that's not how it's supposed to be, um, and I think that uh, closer to the idea is what we did in this meditation, is to find some degree of calm or peace or ease, and let that be the reference point for not making things worse. To recognize that when the mind gets caught up in preoccupations, in a sense you're losing touch with that peace and that ease, you're not being peaceful anymore. And in a sense you're making things worse. If you start, uh, you're peaceful but then you start rushing and feel tense and they're rushing, in a sense you're making things worse. If you start complaining about something, in a sense you're making things worse, maybe for yourself and for someone else. And um, so to have this reference point of some degree of peace and calm, and have that as a reference that don't make it worse. And it's not a lot of work to do this. It's more like stay stay close to the peace, stay attentive, and notice when uh, it becomes not peaceful, when it becomes agitated, when it becomes stressful, when it becomes uh, contracted or tense. And with time, we start becoming quite sensitive and familiar with the feeling, the sensations, the experience of things uh, getting tense or tight or contracted or agitated, and, um, and we recognize it early and earlier, and then question, is it really necessary to do this? And maybe not. Come back to the peace. You can still do things and take care of things, but do things from this calm place. And so the attentiveness of mindfulness, this attention to the moment and to the consequences, uh, can be very simple. It means stay calm and peaceful the best you can and notice when you lose it. And probably if you uh, you lose it, you're making the situation worse. And one of the fundamental principles of this karma teachings is don't make it worse. Uh, whether you can make it wonderful wonderful for people or do wonderful things for the world, um, uh that might be difficult to figure out and kind of a burden to carry that responsibilities. It's nice to be supportive and do nice things for people, for sure. But um, the minimum is don't make it worse. Making it worse is probably some kind of activity. We have to work to make it worse. And so if we're a little bit um, hesitant to do meditation because it seems like a lot of work, uh, we're probably overlooking Uh, all the work that we do that makes situations worse for ourselves and for other people. And uh, don't make it worse. And then uh, uh, trust this place of calm or peace or subtleness. And if you have this reference points of some modicum of peace and calm, and again, it doesn't have to be dramatic. I mean, it might not be, um, might be that you're quite agitated, but a little bit you have a sense, a little sliver of calm. You have some sense of what it is. That becomes a better reference point to to highlight how you are tense, how you are contracted or agitated, and then to um, stop and take a good look at that, become familiar with that. Uh, That's when we bring our attention to. Um, Sometimes my instructions that I give myself, you know, what I do in meditation or in daily life, is um, I stop for suffering. I go about my life peacefully, happily, uh, along. but if I start suffering, if I start getting agitated or tense, that becomes a mindfulness bell. Okay, here's something I should pay attention to now. I should notice. Here's something for me to learn. What did I just do? What did I just believe? Um, What is arising out of me? What's the reactivity that's happening here? And those questions, uh, of investigation, of looking at it, begins to take some of the authority away from it, uh, some of the automatic nature of it, so that I don't have to kind of uh, go barreling into uh, or participate in this suffering-producing kind of state that I'm in. For some people, uh, it can uh, there's very strong uh, counter-forces to being peaceful and calm. And one of them is a belief that it's not okay. And the belief that we're supposed to be agitated or I'm so terrible person that I have to kind of make up for it and just kind of really try to run around and fix everything up and make everything safe and everything good and tidy. And being peaceful just means that I'm lazy or good for nothing or something. And my worth is only found in doing. And so if I don't do something, I will have no inner worth. And this peace implies some kind of not doing. And so that, then where's my worth if I just sit and be calm? And this is, you know, uh, not necessary to think this way because it's possible to do all the things we are supposed to do, our responsibilities, with, through uh, with our calm, with peacefulness. We can do it peacefully, we can do it calmly. And some people have found that they do things better that way. It's more effective, it has a better impact on others, on our oneself that by the time some activity is over, we feel more settled or more focused than if we did it an ag- agitated way and by the time it's over, we, felt we feel exhausted by it, tense by it. So this idea that uh, Buddhist practice is a lot of work um, is a misunderstanding that's easy to come up with. And uh, I like to think of it, it's almost the opposite. It's like the undoing of work. It's the undoing of all the different forces that are work, that are exhausting or tiring, and discovering a place of ease from which we can do things. And, um, and enjoy it, and, and uh, that's, find that's a wonderful place to be, and trust it in some deep, profound way. So, uh, in this way, the instructions in meditation that we give sometimes are not really prescriptive, less, less than what we do and more what we notice. Uh, less what we're doing, but more what we're undoing. So if the attention is to uh, the breathing, then it's noticing how we add extra work to breathing, to the attention to breathing, like you know, we're trying too hard And trusting that it's possible to do it in a peaceful way, in a relaxed way. If you bring attention to our body, feeling that we have to fix every ache and pain in the body. And so we get busy trying to focus on pain and get rid of the pain and do something with it. And and, um, as opposed to just being peaceful with discomfort. Oh, I'm supposed to pay attention to discomfort. Let me do it peacefully and no agenda, no work. Emotions all these wonderful instructions we give on emotions can seem like a lot of work. But what is it like to be with emotions in a peaceful, calm way? And to use the instructions and emotions to support a peaceful way, a calm way? And thinking, you know, a lot of thinking makes it worse. A lot of thinking is difficult and stressful. But what's it like to hold that peacefully and look upon it kindly? And, uh, and not be too caught and preoccupied by it. So our actions make a difference, our actions have consequences, and the actions that are done peacefully will have peaceful consequences, at least locally. And the actions that are done in an agitated way, unpeacefully, will have Unpeaceful consequences, so hopefully that simple teaching will encourage you to uh, stay peaceful and not to use Buddhism as uh, some as a as a, a lot of work. It can be ongoing, it can be continuous, it can be the center of our life, um, but it's more of a undoing than a doing It's kind of like um, we put a lot of work in to stay at ease and stay close to the place of ease. And there's a paradox there. If you put a lot of work to do that, you can't get tense in order to be at ease, but you can have a continuous attention. You can be have a heightened awareness that keeps you close to that place of ease and peace, a heightened awareness which is itself an expression of that peace itself. And that becomes a protection And this easeful mindfulness is really a protection. becomes a shield from all the ways that we get caught up in excessive work in the mind and the heart. So thank you. And uh, if you take one thing from this uh, talk, um, live a life where you don't make it worse. Whatever situation you're in, don't make it worse. So... um, Look forward to coming back tomorrow, and then next week we'll do. I'll start the Satipatthana Sutta. I'll start the instructions on the Buddha's instructions on the four foundations of mindfulness, and uh, we'll go through it probably over a few weeks. It's a, like we did last year with Anapanasati. So thank you.